0: We are at the very beginning,
1: the new start of a solar system. Outside the atoms are rushing towards each other, fusing, coagulating, until minute little collections
2: of matter are created. And so the process goes on and on until dust is formed.
1: Dust then becomes, solid entity,
0: a new birth of a sudden,
2: and its planets.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Into the Time Vortex Podcast. We're talking about Doctor Who. We're going to be talking about two Doctor Who episodes this time out. We're going to be talking about Edge of Destruction and The Rescue, both of which are two-parters. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. Okay. Edge of Destruction. It's a two-part episode written by David Whittaker in 1964.
2: Yeah, it takes place completely on the TARDIS. Um and and there's something wrong. You don't really know what, and uh, everybody's acting weird. Yeah. Weirder <laughs> than usual.
1: That's right. Very weird. When I first saw this episode when it aired, I was I loved it. I, I um, really like the weirdness of it because I don't know if they necessarily explained why they were acting so kind of out there. I, I don't know if they ever explained that. They or, do
2: until they do at the end.
1: That they acted weird, or
2: that it was the ship.
1: Yeah, some sort of telepathic connection with them to try to communicate with them that there was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but I liked I liked how it was creepy because it didn't have overbearing music, and when they did have music, it was it was good music in this. But it was like almost like a reminded me, you, you know, like where it's just like really quiet, and then you you turn around and there's Susan with these scissors, and you're like, this is that's pretty creepy, and. Uh, once they started talking and they started to act a little bit, it kind of lost its <laughs> uh, power. Yeah, because it was kind of um, you know, don't touch the console, doctor. You'll get knocked out. It, it just kind of was was not the best performance by um, William Russell and um, Carolyn Ford.
2: Well, what what I read about this is that it was written in two days and to pad out because they had they were trying to build sets for another episode and they weren't done and so they needed to yeah fill two episodes so it was done in two days which probably means the actors didn't have much time plus the actors had to act differently yeah although susan was still annoying <laughs> very annoying
1: I mean, it's a good episode because we learn a little bit more about the TARDIS um, and what it does with the Fault Locator and everything, elements that they don't necessarily ever go back to, but they, once in a while, they bring up some of those things. Uh, We see more of of that, which is kind of neat. It's definitely a cheaper episode, because like you said, it was was just... all on the set,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, It was all on the TARDIS.
1: And it's the you know, only epi- only story ever of Doctor Who that features just the main cast. If you think about it, there's no other episode like that, right? Right. You know,
2: it's not, yeah. No, I don't think so.
1: Which is kind of neat to know.
2: There was no bogey monster either. Yeah. I kept waiting for, for, the the big bad to show up, and there was no big bad.
0: Yeah, there was no creature. It was just no- the ship. Yeah. Um,
2: which is interesting because you know they they have definitely fleshed that out in New Who, um, with the relationship that the Doctor has with the TARDIS, um, sometimes better than others, but, um, you, you kind of forget that the TARDIS is, has this sort of link, this sort of telepathic kind of link. And,
1: and, you wouldn't necessarily, watching the new episodes, you wouldn't necessarily know that that was done so early. It could have been something that was Right. brought in, in Tom Baker's era, or even in the new show, it could have even just materialized then, but it was way back then, it, and I don't, they really, I don't recall them really addressing it, this is the episode, and then there's like years where they don't really talk about it at all, and then maybe John Pertwee or something like that says, oh yeah, the TARDIS is alive, you know, but you know, they don't really, they don't have a story like this until probably the new series, do you recall ever an episode where the Doctor's like in contact with the TARDIS and sort of communicating with them? I mean... No. Yeah, so it's kind of like... the
0: first time you actually realize that it's more than just a
2: machine. Yeah, but they yeah. don't
0: really talk about it
1: until the new show, kind of, which is kind of interesting.
2: It does kind of show how <clears throat> much Russell T. Davis and Stephen Moffat must have really loved the old who, to... to pick these little minuscule details and yeah. and use them again. Mm-hmm. Not always to great
1: effect, like I said. But the, epi- the scene in the episode where they go and the door, I think the door's open at one point.
0: The yeah, door opens quite a bit. Yeah,
1: yeah it was just that was kind of creepy, too. And they're just kind of, the whole thing was just kind of like, there's a scene where, um, in the second episode, where... The doctor is standing in front of the TARDIS council and he has a speech, I think. And the light is behind him; that the lights go out, I think. Right. I think it is, is, and I love that that whole thing. It's just a kind of like this mo- this um, what's that called when you, the doctor gets up and starts talking monologue, monologue. or whatever. And it just, I thought it was really well done. I, I always <laughs> criticize the monologue <laughs> from the new <laughs> series sometimes because they're they're so grandstanding and everything. But in a way, this is sort of like that first one. Um, and then there's a there's another creepy scene where they said that there's something there and it's hiding in one of us. Like the paranoia of the crew was so, and maybe that was a letdown a little bit because you're like, wait a minute, this is a, this is like a horror movie now. There's something in the you know, which the new yeah, they show. Yeah, think there's something in the the TARDIS. Yeah, and it's is it hiding in one of us or whatever? And it's like you know that would be something from the new show that they would do, but. It was just sort of this weird paranoia.
2: Yeah, and you kind of didn't know because everybody was acting so... Oh. You know, Even though I don't know these characters that well because I haven't watched that many of the original, yeah. um, they were just not acting like I'd seen them act before. Mm-hmm. You know, they were... Like, Susan looked possessed. Yeah. And, I mean, Barbara was really being nasty, although she seems to kind of be not very nice anyway, Yeah. Um, at times. Very stern. She doesn't seem like a lot of fun, you know? Like, she doesn't seem like she'd be a fun person to hang out well, with.
0: Well, she was in her right to tell off the doctor because he was about to <coughs> throw him out. They're, oh yeah, yeah, but
2: there was other other times during the episode where she was just nasty to be nasty, it seemed like.
0: Well, the, these two companions,
1: Ian and Barbara, are fairly critical of the doctor because they didn't want to get taken away, and through most of their, their time, they kind of, not most, prob- probably definitely the first season, they want to go back, and they're almost, like, agitated when the Doctor, when they land somewhere else, and they sort of get over it, and they do the episode, but this was sort of like, this, this was the second story.
2: Right?
1: <coughs> Is it the Is second, it? third story? What was How did
2: they get taken away?
1: Well, in, in Unearthly unearthly child, which we reviewed a, a, a while ago, <laughs>
0: Um, they stumble upon the ship because they were following Susan home. And then they they hear her in the police box and they force their way in and then doctor just takes off. off. Oh. So and the doctor more or less kidnaps them. And they didn't he doesn't have control of the TARDIS, so it's not like he can bring them back. You know. They do eventually get back at some right. point. I mean that's not uh-huh. a big spoiler, because they, they do leave but Well, you know, don't see them in the new shows, so they're definitely yeah. <laughs> but, but the way they get back when we do that one is it's actually quite comical.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like any companion, they maybe, like Tegan, never really is happy. No, because she wanted to get back. So she, two, but yeah. she's even meaner than
0: I think. <laughs> well, just Adric. Well, there's Adric. <laughs> um, what do you think of the scissors, though, for 1964? she's stabbing the. it's supposed to be a children's show and she's yeah. stabbing her bed yeah
2: she's doing like the whole the, psycho thing yeah. with the scissors i'm
0: damn if this was now there'd be so many complaints on the on, on social media oh because a children's show they're having her stabbing the bed with scissors what's well, wrong with you
1: people the producer verity lambert did have to write an apology letter i don't know if it was published in the paper or whatever for that scene well that's right and said
0: you know sorry but you know Maybe we went a little too far with it, but um, figuring 1964, they didn't do stuff like that, especially for a children's show. Not for a kids' uh, show, no. Because this was originally a children's show. I thought that
1: was probably Carolyn Ford's best acting moment. Probably was that, even though yeah, because she's she lets it out and she's kind of like going crazy and everything, and
0: you know, it was kind of neat. Adds to that whole. Could you imagine if they did that now? with social media, would be like, oh,
2: I can't believe they had her do that, blah, 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 blah. It's
0: not a kid's show anymore,
2: though, really. Kids see a lot worse than that now.
1: But I remember getting chills. I mean, like, when they look at the clock and it's melted, and just stuff like that, it's like, it reminds me, you know, looking at it now, it kind of is familiar with um, The Girl in the Fireplace a little bit, where Stephen Moffat's early attempts or early work, he would set up a mystery, and you none of it made any sense. And then at the end, they had kind of explained it all together. This is the same thing here. It's like why are they acting weird? Why do they have scissors? Why are machine? Why are pieces of the TARDIS not working? Why is there a melted clock? A- and. Maybe it, it's kind of a, a, a convenient answer. It's like, well, Taurus was just trying to tell us something. It's like, well, geez, wouldn't there be a readout that says, "Oops,
0: something's broken"? <laughs> but um,
2: yeah, I thought of that when that happened. I was like, you were always complaining about Moffat not explaining things, but it well, mm-hmm. went to the
0: fault indicator, and everything was lit up. Yeah, but there was a
1: yeah, a, 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 and I don't know why they wouldn't have, the TARDIS wouldn't have just said, oh, by the way, there's something well, the broken thing. on the, the
2: ship. The
0: switch was working. It was the switch was show. stuck. The spring yeah. was yeah, stuck. Yeah, the spring was stuck, so we wouldn't detect the spring yeah. on the fault thing. Yeah. So it would, they wouldn't know what was wrong with it, but the,
1: it was still, the TARDIS knew that they were, what, they were traveling. To the Big Bang. Big Bang or whatever, so. But it was a kind of, I, th- I thought it was kind of a neat episode. Um, again, it was filler, and... Every series does some sort of filler episode sometimes, and uh, sometimes those are the best because they just throw the people in the. R- in this case, maybe not as much, but you throw people in a room and you have them act for for an hour or whatever. How *Lover Alone* and they they do a really good job
0: sometimes. And
2: yeah, I think this sort of um, I don't know proves my point that two or three parts is plenty for this. Yeah. Show, you know, they don't need to be six parts, eight parts, twelve parts. This was a two-parter, and it was perfect. You know, it was an hour long. It wasn't dragged out. I was not like bored. I mean, it, uh, there were things that I thought were annoying, and uh, things that uh, most of it had to do with the acting. Um, but you know, otherwise, I thought it was it was a good amount of time. Yeah. You know.
1: Uh, when I read up on this one, I did. I had not heard about this, but during the recording of *Unearthly Child*, the BBC actually canceled Doctor Who. I don't know if that's a myth or whatever. I read that on I Wikipedia. Think, um, they canceled it. Uh, with *Break of Disaster*, would have been the last episode, the last episode which is you know the, the second ha- part of this. But they changed their minds, so it must have been. It wasn't like it's officially canceled, and then they went, it, it was kind of like, yeah, let's just end it after that episode, but then someone changed their minds. <laughs> well, the Daleks did. Well, the, yeah, the Daleks was this, yeah, so th- that maybe, yeah, that must have been it, then, that makes sense. <laughs> but it's kind of neat to know that, imagine the show going and then ending at that point, it would have been...
2: Would have
1: been forgotten. Yeah, our podcast would have gone been a lot shorter. <laughs> we have done three stories. No. Actually, probably all three would be missing. We never would have seen them. Yeah, they would have been destroyed.
0: Yeah. Um. Anything else about this one? Is this the only story that takes place entirely in the TARDIS?
2: It said there was one written for the for the new series, but um, that
0: one when they were going running around. But doesn't a part of it takes place outside the TARDIS? Doesn't. It? It's the uh,
1: only episode. I don't know if there are any other episodes. Says no one dies in this episode, which is obvious. Have there been any other episodes where no one died? Oh yeah, Empty Child didn't have anyone dying. Uh, except when the bomb... They must have. Someone must have been dying when the bombs blew <laughs> up. But. The, when the doctor says nobody dies, that's a well. There's bombs going off down the street, doc. I'm sure someone's dying. I'm sure there's episodes where no one, there was episodes of. I almost said kind but then I forgot about the old woman. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Anything else about this one?
2: Nope.
1: So, the second episode we're going to be talking about is The Rescue. 1965?
2: Yes, I think. Yes.
1: Yep. What's this one about?
2: So there's this planet called, which we find out eventually, called Dido. There's this uh, wrecked spaceship, and they're waiting for rescue. And they think it's the rescue ship coming, but it's actually the doctor with Vicki I mean, not Vicky. Uh, Ian and Barbara. Okay. And that's pretty much the synopsis. <laughs>
1: so um, it's another two-parter that definitely I thought was pretty good overall. They didn't, you know, not much really happens. It's just kind of like the idea of, of it is kind of interesting. I don't know. I guess. Nowaday, I don't know. Did you know what was going on with Cochillian and? Um
2: no, I didn't. Okay, I, I I didn't realize it was a it was a fake. Yeah. Um. And I don't think
1: I did it initially either, like, other than the fact that I might have read it somewhere ahead of time before I watched the episode. But I thought they did okay with that. I mean, there is some good stuff in this episode. Um, I thought some of the special effects were really good. Um, the ship effect, probably not. <laughs> <Looks> like a, <laughs> yeah. a miniature sitting there. Um, but I thought the Cochilean costume was excellent. <laughs> it ended up being a costume. Yeah. It wasn't an alien. I wished... Sometimes these costumes, these aliens, look really cool, and then they end up being a costume, and it's like, oh, that's disappointing. I wish it was... You know, and then when they, when you do see an alien, it maybe it's not as good. Um, I thought they, when they did the split screens where they saw the spaceship, they do that in the new show. I think they usually do that pretty good. They've done that many, many times, but you can actually see them looking at the spaceship, and then there's another scene where they're above that creature that's kind of crawling on the ground, and they're they're above it looking down. I thought those effects are good, because they're all done, I'm assuming all done in camera, where they just kind of split the camera or whatever, and... Um, Especially in black and white, they look pretty good. I, I think in color they probably would be more noticeably not good.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. But, and I thought the uh, monster effect that creature, Sandy, Sandy looked pretty good too. It was obvious someone crawling around on the ground, but I thought that was pretty good too. So. And then the set at the end—I don't know where they got that from. I don't know if it was an existing set from a movie or something like that. But I thought that was pretty cool. It was the, big.
2: The miniature?
1: No, this is when they were down, and the doctor and Cephalion were talking, and it was just a set. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like a temple or something. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty good too. I mean, I don't. Again, it looked bigger, you know, than, than normally you would see sets and stuff like that.
0: But. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it wasn't bad. I thought, um, it it was, it was pretty contrived to, it just didn't make a lot of sense. You know, at the end it's revealed that this guy Bennett, who's supposedly paralyzed and, and constantly pissed off in his room, actually can walk around and is pretending to be the alien and has killed somebody. And that's why he killed everybody else. I mean, that seems a little far-fetched.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and considering everybody's dead, and including this girl's father, Vicky's father, she doesn't seem too upset. Yeah. Well, I don't know how long they've yeah, been there. Yeah, we don't
0: know how long they've been there. But, I mean... Long enough to befriend a
1: creature Well, she broke down Sandy. and cried at one point. So, one, one thing was, they don't, they didn't do that back then. They, they when, when when characters leave, like Ian and Barbara, they don't care about that. I mean, they care, but they're not, like, crying about it, whereas the Deuce show, they made me all emotional about it. But I thought, I, I think Maureen O'Brien is a good actress, and she's a huge upgrade <laughs> from Susan. From Susan. And I thought she really <coughs> showed some of her acting skills, especially when she was sort of rambling on about her father and then she broke down and she stopped in mid and they never did that back then that was not something you saw too often they never got too emotional I don't think in the new, in the old show at least in the first um, the first doctor anyways they started to do it more in the second third doctor but so um, but yeah I mean there, there's a lot you have to kind of take <laughs> Yeah. With a great
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah definitely. Like, well, okay. and Barbara was not a character, especially when she goes and gets the flare gun. Yeah. And she comes running out, and Vicky's like, saying, no, don't, stop, and she still shoots yeah, I
2: thought that the was creature.
0: And then she's explaining, I just saw Jaws coming towards yeah. you, and just, like, she doesn't do that ever yeah. up to this point. And they have the stories, and she comes out with a gun and just blows it away. And this, like, that's so out of character. Yeah. If that was Ian, I think it would make more sense. I
2: think. I think it it seemed like it was a plot device to kill off everything that was keeping this girl on this planet. Yeah. To get them to take her along.
1: Otherwise, they would have to have taken Sandy along.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been...
1: You know, the council the next couple so of So the
2: two guys who were in the temple... Yeah who came after Bennett and did whatever they did to him. They were they were people who lived on the planet. They weren't crew members, right? Right. Okay.
0: Apparently they survived his attack,
2: but they're not aliens.
0: No. Well they well, well they're aliens, I but don't. they don't look like They're humans. They're human, human aliens, humanoid aliens. Yeah. They're apparently when he tried to destroy their city whatever to get rid of all the evidence.
2: Mhm.
0: Apparently a couple survived
2: it's going to be a lonely life on that planet with just two guys left on it
0: <laughs> well it depends
2: <laughs> eventually one of them's going to die
1: well the the, um, the rescue ship is still coming so they would come and maybe probably Take kill away. the rest of the <laughs> two and
0: or they would kill the people oh here's more of those humans let's kill them too you know well they destroyed the inside uh, of the ship for the communications so the rescue ship wouldn't be able to land because they needed the signal Oh. How do you know that? They ripped out the Bennett's,
2: stuff. Yeah, that was at the end. That was at the yeah. end. They they went into the
0: thing and ripped out the stuff. Or Vicky yeah, um, was figuring out that they need to send a signal for the rescue ship. Well, they would search. They would look. They might find it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe the story isn't not quite. As it's a little as,
2: weak.
0: It's you know. just an introduction to get the new companion, really.
1: I I, th- I, I like Vicky a lot. I mean, she's. Um, She's from the future, so she has a little more knowledge. This is the first. Well, I mean, I guess Susan was a little bit like that. And of course, when they brought her in, they they were they were talking to her and they, they the actress and they said they wanted to dye her hair black, and they wanted to do so much to her. And Maureen O'Brien said, said "Why don't you just get Carolyn Ford back?" I mean, if you want to change me and make me look just like her, then why don't you just get a calendar board back?
0: And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so they kept her there. Um, she has a lousy ending, Vicky does, because it's, it's a missing story. You will never say it. Apparently, they didn't re- want to renew her contract, so they had to write her out. Yeah. I mean,
1: she's not the most dynamic, but I think she's a really good actress. And, and
0: But she gets written out during the Trojan War
2: mm-hmm.
0: or the Trojan Horse. She apparently falls in love with a soldier, and she stays in the past. So it's kind of. Didn't somebody
2: else do that? Didn't somebody else stay with somebody
1: else? This, yeah, that probably happens a L- lot. Well, L- Lila. Yeah, I mean Susan stays in, in the um, after the Dalek invasion of Earth. She, they mention in this one, Susan stays
0: behind on that. Yeah. They, a lot of them do. They all either fall in love with someone or. Yeah. But they, they, she has a crappy, and yeah. she stays in, like, Troy, or whatever, in that time period. <laughs> a girl from the future doesn't...
2: Yeah, that's...
1: <laughs> the original title for this one was Doctor Who and Tanny, which is, Tanny was the original name for Vicky, so that's kind of a weird that they would have had an episode called Doctor Who and Tanny. Um, so I guess they changed that. Um, I also read that this is the first time that they hid a reveal in the credits, because I guess the credits, they didn't credit Cochilean as um, uh, the David Barrett or whatever, they credited as someone else to, to throw people off, so they wouldn't know it was Cochilean and oh. uh, Barrett, whatever, um, Bennett. Bennett, well, the guy's, the actor's name was Barrett, who he did a lot of voices for the Super Supermarionation stuff, like yeah, Stephen really? Ray and Thunderbirds. Yeah? Um, also, when we mentioned the shooting of Sandy with Jack Hill with a turning into Ripley there for a second, I guess the gun, I didn't notice this, but I guess the gun went off and it went off too much or something and it actually hurt, uh, hurt the actress. Um, I don't know if they actually kept that in or not, but they said that she had, uh, she was a little shocked by it and was a little burnt by it or something. Um, The are right for killing Sandy. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, some of these facts I just can't believe. This was the second, the second part of this episode was the first episode to break into the top ten of the week. So when you think about all the top tens, the new show used to do it quite often. When it first came on with Eccleston and the early tenants, it was constantly breaking the top ten. But the show, the original show, didn't do it that often. But this was the first episode to actually, it was like 12 million or something like that. It actually broke into the top 10.
0: Yeah, 13 and 12 million. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Um, and Vicky has no on screen last name, which a few companions don't as well, like yeah. Ace. Originally, didn't have a. I don't think she has an on screen last name, and neither does Mel. Leela. And
2: somebody named Mel.
1: Mel. No, we don't know her last name. You don't? Even that, they didn't ever mention it in the show, I don't think. Yeah, I thought they did. Mm. Who's Mel? Mel is the one on Paradise Towers. She's the redhead that screams. Well,
2: they, they all scream. That doesn't help much. She was in a swimming pool and she screams oh, right, okay. badly.
1: This is another thing. This is the first time that we saw the TARDIS land with the actual landing sound effect. In the past, it's always been we've been inside the TARDIS, and we actually see the TARDIS land with sound effects. Whereas in the past, it would just sort we of
0: just show up,
1: show up, without any effect. Huh? I so didn't know that. That's kind of interesting. I didn't know that either. So, you think this one was a another halfway decent one because of the length? Imagine if it was four parts.
2: Oh my God, it was been <laughs> agony. It it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um. I, I do. Yeah, I was glad to see the end of Susan. Um. But, yeah, it was it was definitely a weaker episode, but yeah. easier to watch because it wasn't so long. Yeah. You know, I. I I just I think that they just stretched them out too much, and that's what annoys me so much. It's like this could have been cut in half, and it would yeah. have been just fine. I don't think
1: back then though it it really was even a factor. Like, Probably
2: not because it was shown like a what, two, once a week. But you know I'm not going to watch one episode a week because then I'd forget what happened because I'm old and I forget things. So.
1: You said that there was a scene in the rescue that you didn't
0: like. Yeah, when Barbara came out, Um. out like not in character, with the flare gun and just kills Sandy. Yeah, I don't know why that. Yeah, and then Vicky goes off on her. (laughs) He just warms Vicky.
1: I like the relationship between Vicky and the Doctor. I mean, he's always been very much like that, where he'll gravitate toward the younger.
0: Seems. Like, he likes her
1: more than he did Susan. Well, William Hartnell didn't want Caroline
0: Ford to leave
1: and was upset when she left, but I I think he was feeling that this was... I don't know if he he liked Maureen O'Brien any better, but, I I mean, I think he, he wanted to make sure the doctor had a younger person that he could take care of, and that was... What up, Maureen O'Brien? I think he probably did the same thing with Dodo too. I mean, um, maybe less so, but all the male characters were kind of like, you know, he didn't like them as much or whatever. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a li- I mean, I guess it,
2: it's understandable if they're supposed to be supposed to be sort of educational, somewhat educational, to have.
1: And what do you learn from
2: well, from rescue? this one, not so much. <laughs> much. I mean, the, the other one, you know, he discussed the Big Bang Theory Yeah. pretty effectively, I thought. You know, it was a good explanation for mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. It's simplified, but, you know, if it's geared towards kids, you know, it doesn't need to be complicated. This one, not so much, but,
1: yeah. The Rescue, if you kill someone, don't try to
2: hide it up by by killing everyone else around. <laughs> just kind of yeah, <laughs> I guess more of a morality story than a
0: yeah. learning story. The doctor's got to be quicker grabbing the gun and killing the bad guy.
2: Right. <laughs> and, 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 and don't...
0: You know, just because a
1: creature is attacking you with the big jaws and stuff doesn't mean you should kill it. You know, you just, maybe it's just hungry. <laughs> uh,
0: he just wanted food. <laughs>
1: okay. And that's it for two-parters for the William Hartnell era there's a one-parter. And a couple
0: and, threes. At least one three.
1: Yeah. And there's no more two-parters until Tom Baker's Suntard Experiment, I think.
0: Right.
1: So. And again, mostly two-parters are fillers, I think. I don't think, you know, or they have X amount of episodes to do and they end up making it in such a way that they have two extra episodes, and that's how it ends up happening that way, but I think overall the two-parters throughout the history of Doctor Who have been halfway decent
0: for the most part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, Keen do maybe? don't
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks for listening.